today on It's Time. Friends, it's serious, it's real, and you want to not mess around with your eternity. I hear the calling, it's time. It's time. It's time. Welcome to It's Time. The Daily Bible Teaching Program of Mike Kessler, pastor of the River Christian Fellowship in Twin Falls, Idaho. Today, he's going verse by verse through the book of Revelation. So turn there in your Bible as we join Pastor Mike. Verse 11, says, He was unjust, let him be unjust still. He was filthy, let him be filthy still. He was righteous, let him be righteous still. He was holy, let him be holy still. Behold, I'm coming quickly. Now, here's the thing we want to look at this. Death seals you in the condition you're in. That's why we need to be careful of saying, well, I'll get right with God tomorrow. You know, I got a lot of time. You know, I go out to the wrecking yard a lot, um, Pastor Izzy and myself, we went out this past week out to the wrecking yard. And we were looking at this one truck. And I, I don't know if the person lived through the wreck, but the front bumper was literally, it, the truck hit so hard that the front bumper was, was actually about where the windshield wipers are. That's how much the impact was. And I look at that and I realize that tomorrow's not promised to any of us. And if you don't believe me, go out to the wrecking yard. Those were all being driven by living people once upon a time. And here they are in just total disarray. And the point is, we're not promised tomorrow. And the one thing you'll find when you walk through a wrecking yard is you'll, you'll see those were driven by living people once their last trip. I look at that and I realize a couple of things. How important every day is that we lay up for ourselves treasure in heaven. And number two, that we don't lose track of the preciousness of life. Because, you know, friends, really, honestly, today can be your last day. Well, Mike, you don't understand. I'm, I'm young, extremely good looking and successful. Well, that may be true. But that doesn't keep death away and it's interesting, Solomon said this in, in uh, Ecclesiastes. How does the fool die? Just like the wise. How does the fool die? Just like a poor person, just like a rich person. It doesn't make any difference. And so when we look at this, how important every day is, and so he says, Whoever's, whatever they are, let them be that still. It's going to seal you for time and eternity, but behold... I am coming suddenly. Literally in the Greek is the word. But behold, I'm coming quickly. My reward is with me to give everyone according to his work. Interesting. You like to underline things in your Bible? Here's a good one to underline. The word work. It does not say works, plural. It says work, singular. Why is that important? They came to Jesus in John 6, 29. And they said to him, Jesus, what works must we do to inherit eternal life? 
Because there's something within man that likes to earn it. You know, look what I did. You know, I built that. You know, they say one of the most discouraging forms of, of, of work is people who lay foundations. Because you work and you work, you dig deep, you do all these things, and when you're all done, they go, where's the building? There isn't, we just did the foundation. There's nothing there. All you see is a few little, maybe some stem walls starting up, but there's no instant gratification. You don't go, wow, I built that, look at that. You know, you ever do that with your car? You wax your car? By the way, if you do that in Idaho, it snows the next day. It's really weird how that happens. Wash your car, it'll rain the next day, but you wax your car, it'll make it snow. I don't know how that works, but it does. But anyway, the point is, is that when you see this and you, and you realize that, that as we, as we um, live our lives, we can find ourselves completely, completely separated from God's best, God's purpose for our life. What works must we do? People like to earn it. That's what the cults, the cults thrive on it. I believe every Christian should be grieved in their spirit when they see people in cults trying to earn what God has already given them. God's already given me eternal life. Just accept it. It's here. Come and take it. No, you got to get out and earn it by doing a lot of really religious things. Jumping through hoops, reciting our creeds, memorizing our mantras, and furthermore, wearing your, well, whatever it is. They got so many things. But you know, when you look at this, what work must we do? They asked Jesus that. And I suppose they thought, well, Jesus is going to say, you know, be kind and benevolent and all. You know what Jesus said? What work must we do? Jesus said, this is the work that you must do. Believe that the Father has sent me. Wow, that is so simple. How can you mess it up? Cults do. I don't know how. Believe that the Father has sent me. It is a singular work that you do, not works, plural. Because if it was works, plural, how do you know if you did enough works, plural, to get you into heaven? And when you get there, if it was based on works and you didn't do enough, too late to do anything about it. This is why the Bible says when we abide in him, we have the assurance of salvation. Verse 13, Jesus said, I am alpha and omega beginning in the end, first and the last. Now this is important where we find this. First of all, it says, behold, I'm coming quickly. Who's the one that's promised to return? The father? No, Jesus said that. So we know this is speaking about Jesus himself. He is Alpha and Omega, beginning and the end. Any cult that says that Jesus Christ is not God is false. That's how you know. This is the same claim that God makes in the Old Testament. Furthermore, just skip down real fast, we'll we'll go back up. I, Jesus, has sent my angel to testify to you of these things, to the churches. I, Jesus, is saying this. I am Alpha and Omega, beginning and the end. Where in the Bible does it say Jesus Christ is God? Right here. Understand it, know it, you'll use it, guaranteed. He said, I'm Alpha and Omega, beginning and the end, first and the last. We find this in Isaiah 44, 6 as well in the Old Testament. This is the claim that God makes, and it's so important. Blessed are those who do his commandments. Uh Uh-oh, his commandments. Now, some have actually... um, 
there's, there's some versions that use wash their robes. If you have one of those, it doesn't really change anything but wash their robes. But as it says here, do his commandments. They came to Jesus and they said, Jesus, what are the greatest commandments? And Jesus said, well, love God with your whole heart, mind, soul, and spirit. Love your neighbor as yourself. For upon these two hang all the law and the prophets. The word for all there in the Greek is the word all. It means everything. Everything the Old Testament was about was to love God and love your fellow man. Upon these two, Jesus said, hang all the law and the prophets. He says here, and notice he says again, blessed are those who do his commandments. So whether it's wash their robes or whether it's love God and love your fellow man, it doesn't make any difference because the outcome is the same. It says, they may have a right to the tree of life and may enter through its gates into the city. It's interesting, this is what we were banned from. When Adam and Eve ate of the tree, there was an angel stationed there. They were taken out of the garden and they could not partake of the tree of life anymore. Now we'll be able to eat of the tree of life as much as we want. That's going to bring the healing as we go back to verse 2. That healing, that nourishment, that's going to do something supernaturally in us every day. Now he says, and he goes on. Blessed are those who do his commandments. They may have a right to the tree of life and may enter through the gates into the city. We talked about the gates, each one being a pearl earlier, last week. It says, but outside are dogs, sorcerers, sexual immoral, murderers, idolaters, whoever loves and practices a lie. It's interesting that God lists the liars in with all these other terrible things. And by the way, the word sorcerers is the word pharmakia where we get our word drugs. Isn't that weird? Blessed are those who do his commandments. Outside, there's all these wicked people. Now, how far outside, I don't know, but we know hell is out there somewhere. Inside this wonderful place that God has made for us, this new heaven, this new earth, but outside, they're not ever going to come back into the city, never going to come back into this earth, into the the new heaven, the new earth, to ever corrupt anything ever again. I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify to you of these things to the churches. I am the root, the offspring of David, the bright and morning star. He said, these things you say to the churches, those who believe in God. What were the churches? We remember the first church was a loveless church. The second church was a persecuted church. The third church was uh, a church that had had began to fall away from the relationship with God. Um, The fourth church, the Jezebel church, allowing people that shouldn't be teaching to be teaching. Um, The fifth church the dead church, the sixth church, the one that was on fire for God, the Philadelphian church, and the last one was the lukewarm church. He still called them his churches, and I think that's important. But that doesn't mean we want to stay in any of the the deteriorated state of any of those that he outlines. If you want to know what those are, again, Revelation chapter 2 and 3, you can look at that. And so he says... These things said to the churches. I'm the root, the offspring of David, the bright and morning star. That's who Jesus is. Always remember, he's the one that we look for each and every day. The spirit and the bride say come. Isn't that weird? The spirit of God is telling everybody, come on in. And the bride says the same thing. Are you inviting people to heaven? Now again, that's that's what we get to do. 
Do you know the only people in heaven are the ones that we all invite? You ever realize that? That's God gave, gave us that kind of exclusive thing. The spirit and the bride say, come. Come out of your darkness. Come out of your nightmare. Come to heaven instead. I've shared this a couple of weeks ago. The, devil, the devil's gang is always telling everybody to go to hell. You ever notice that? Well, I think it's we as churches, people of God, should begin to say, go to heaven. Why don't you go to heaven? I, you go to heaven. I mean, that'll blow their minds, won't it? Somebody cut you off, run, windows down to stop light, go, go to heaven. Watch their look on their face. Guaranteed, it will be weird. Okay. But the spirit and the bride say, come. There's an invitation by God. Then he says, and let him who thirsts come. And whoever desires, let him take of the water of life freely. For I testify to everyone who hears the words of this prophecy of this book, if anyone adds to these things, God will add to him the plagues that are written in this book. And if anyone takes away from the words of this prophecy of this book, God will take away his part from the book of life from the holy city, and from the things that are written in this book. Don't think I'm going to tamper with this. You know, when somebody comes along and says, well, the mark of the beast is not really a mark on your hand or your forehead, even though Revelation 13 clearly says that's what it is, but it's worshiping on Sunday. That is adding to this book, friends. I don't want to be in their position. When somebody comes along and says, oh, all of this happened in 70 AD, and when the Bible says every living thing uh, in the sea dies, all the trees are burnt up, all the green grass is burnt up, that really doesn't mean what it says. Read the book. You're in trouble. Some things obviously in Revelation are metaphorically speaking. Obviously, a beast with seven heads and ten horns. I don't remember seeing one of those at the zoo last time I went. Okay, but here's the point. When the Bible says every living thing in the sea dies, I think you've got to be a th- less than a third grade education to realize that is pretty clear of what he's saying. And to say that that doesn't mean what it says, I think is absolutely foolish. But why would they do that? Because they want to say that Revelation happened in 70 AD and it's all over. The church has replaced the promises. There is no Antichrist. There is none of this stuff going on. There is no tribulation period. The church is just going to usher in Jesus Christ and we're all going to live gloriously forever and ever. They're not reading the Bible. Now, here's why that's important. If you believe the next event on this earth is the appearance of Jesus Christ, you will be accepting the Antichrist, not Jesus Christ. Because the Bible tells us, Behold, I'm coming quickly. My reward is with me. Why does he tell us that? Because one of these days, Gabriel's going to blow his horn. Friends, we're out of here. And the next event is not going to be Jesus Christ coming on the earth. It will be the Antichrist leading the world into the seven years of tribulation. Friends, it's serious, it's real, and you want to not mess around with your eternity. He goes on and he says this. He who testifies to these things says, surely I'm coming quickly. Why do you think it says that there again? The word in the Greek here is the word maranatha. You might have saw that. I'm not, not marijuana, maranatha, okay? I think maranatha should be legalized in every state. That's what I believe. 
But the word in the Greek means, surely I come quickly. Maranatha. Amen, so be it. Even so, come quickly, Lord Jesus. That's what it's talking about. It's our ticket out of here, friends. You say, well, Mike, you're into escapism. Yeah, I guess I am. I read the newspaper. I don't see a lot of real good things in the future. But the good news is, Jesus said, the generation that sees Jerusalem come back under Jewish control, Luke chapter 21, is the last generation. I should encourage you, if you saw Jerusalem come fully under Jewish control, Jesus said, you're it. Puts you where you're at this morning, and we'll just close with this. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. The grace be with you. God closes this book and closes the Bible with the word grace. That's God giving to you what you don't deserve. That's grace. Mercy's not getting what you deserve. Not, get, not getting what I deserve. But grace is God giving to you what you don't deserve. What don't we deserve? Eternal life. But God in his love gave us eternal life through Jesus Christ. That's the good news. This morning, if you're not right with God, if you really can't say, if I die today, I know I'd go to heaven, I want you to think about a couple things real quick. What are you doing so important in your life right now that you can't stop doing it and do something that's going to last forever? We have a commercial on the effect where one of the pastors goes to give your life to God and you're going to live forever. He goes, who rejects this? You'd have to be crazy to reject an eternal uh, invitation to spend life with God. This morning, if you're not right with God, we're going to pray. And you can ask Jesus to come into your life today. You can pass from death unto life. You say, well, how can just a simple prayer change my eternal destiny? The same way just signing your name on a title deed on your house doesn't let you live in your house anymore. Or if you sign the paper, you get to live in a new house. Isn't that weird? Just that signature on that piece of paper will allow you to have a different car or to get rid of a car or to have a bigger house or a smaller house or whatever. Just a signature. God takes your word personally and when you pray and say, okay, Lord, come into my life, God says, I'll come in and I'll change you. This morning, if you've never prayed, we're going to pray right now and you can ask Jesus to come into your life. Let's pray. Father, I come to you in Jesus' name. I repent of the foolish way that I have lived. And from this day forward, I want to serve you. I want to be able to say, your kingdom come, your will be done in my life. And so I surrender to you. I believe Jesus died on the cross for me. His blood covered my sins. So fill me now with your Holy Spirit. Empower me to be the witness that you want me to be. And thank you for writing my name in your book of life, that I may spend eternity with you and never be scared of dying ever again. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that, welcome to God's family. It begins with a prayer, but God will show you your whole life is goodness.
Let God do what he wants to do in your life. For you that have been Christians, I want to just encourage you, let your light shine. The spirit and the bride say, come. Come, come. We remember the story that Jesus gave in closing. And he, he said, this man made a great feast. And all of the guests were invited that were supposed to come. And one by one, the Bible says they began to make excuse. Well, I, I, um, I bought a piece of land and, and I, 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 I've got to go see it, which is pretty stupid. You usually go look at something before you buy it, but this guy was dumb. <laughs> Down to the last guy that says, I married a wife and I can't come. I, I don't know what his problems were. And so then the master said, go invite others. And so others came in, but they said, Master, there's still room. And this is the same thing. He said, then go out in the highways and byways and compel them to come in. The spirit and the bride say come. I pray that your heart and the spirit of God's heart is the same message. Come. Come to to Jesus. You're going to be blessed. You're going to be healed. You're going to be restored. All those things that you're worried about are gone. And you can rest in him. Thanks for joining us on It's Time, as Pastor Mike teaches verse-by-verse through the Bible. If you've missed a program or would like to catch up, you can do so by getting it from the It's Time podcast in the iTunes store or by downloading it from the It's Time website at theriverchristianfellowship.com. On behalf of Pastor Mike and the rest of us here at the River Christian Fellowship, thanks for listening. And tune in next time for It's Time.